The source of the speeches I use here on the Choice Voice podcast comes from a list of the top 100 American speeches of the 20th century. This list is compiled by researchers at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and Texas A&M University, among other places. It reflects the opinions of 137 leading scholars of American public address. My choice of speeches should not be construed to reflect or promote any point of view. They are simply considered great speeches. It is time for us to go back to the situation, to look deeply, and to find another, less costly way to bring peace to us and to them. Violence cannot remove violence. Everyone knows that. Only with a practice of deep listening and gentle communication can we help remove wrong perceptions that are at the foundation of violence. America has a lot of difficulty in Iraq. I think that America is caught in Iraq in the same way that America was caught in Vietnam. We have the idea that we have to go and destroy the enemy. That idea will never give us a chance to do the right thing to end violence. During the Vietnam War, America thought that it had to go to North Vietnam to bomb. The more America bombed, the more communists they created. I am afraid that the same thing is happening in Iraq. I think that it is very difficult for America to withdraw now from Iraq, even if they want to leave. It is very difficult. The only way for America to free itself from this situation is to help build the United Nations into a real body of peace so that the United Nations will take over the problem of Iraq and of the Middle East. America is powerful enough to make this happen. America should allow other nations to contribute positively to building the United Nations into a true organization for peace with enough authority to do its job. To me, that is the only way out of our current situation. We have to wake up to the fact that everything is connected to everything else. Our safety and well-being cannot be individual matters anymore. If they are not safe, there is no way that we can be safe. Taking care of other people's safety is taking care of our own safety. To take care of their well-being is to take care of our own well-being. It is the mind of discrimination and separation that is at the foundation of all violence and hate. My right hand has written all the poems that I have composed. My left hand has not written a single poem. But my right hand does not think, left hand, you are good for nothing. My right hand does not have a superiority complex. That is why it is very happy. My left hand does not have any complex at all. In my two hands, there is the kind of wisdom called the wisdom of non-discrimination. One day, I was hammering a nail and my right hand was not very accurate and instead of pounding on the nail, it pounded on my finger. It put the hammer down and took care of the left hand in a very tender way, as if it were taking care of itself. It did not say, Left hand, you have to remember that I have taken good care of you, and you have to pay me back in the future. There was no such thinking, and my left hand did not say, Right hand, you have done me a lot of harm. Give me that hammer. I want justice. 
My two hands know that they are members of one body. They are in each other. I think that if Israelis and Palestinians knew that they were brothers and sisters, that they are like my two hands, that they would not try to punish each other anymore. The world community has not helped them to see that. If Israelis and Palestinians and Muslims and Hindus knew that discrimination was at the base of our suffering, they would know how to touch the seed of non-discrimination in themselves. That kind of awakening, that kind of deep understanding, brings about reconciliation and well-being. I believe that in America, there are many people who are awakened to the fact that violence cannot remove violence. They realize that there is no way to peace. Peace itself is the way. Those people must come together and voice their concern strongly and offer their collective wisdom to the nation so the nation can get out of this current situation. Every one of us has the duty to bring together that collective insight. With that insight, compassion will make us strong and courageous enough to bring about a solution for the world. Every time we breathe in, go home to ourselves, and bring the element of harmony and peace into ourselves, that is an act of peace. Every time we know how to look at another living being and recognize the suffering in him that has made him speak or act like that, we are able to see that he is the victim of his own suffering. When that understanding is in us, we can look at this other person with the eyes of understanding and compassion. When we can look with the eyes of compassion, we don't suffer and we don't make the other person suffer. These are the actions of peace that can be shared with other people. We'll continue reading from this speech transcript after a quick break. Now back to where we left off. At Plum Village, there are several hundred people living together like a family in a very simple way. At Plum Village, we have had the opportunity to practice together as a community. We are able to build up brotherhood and sisterhood. Although we live simply, we have a lot of joy because of the amount of understanding and compassion that we can generate. We are able to go to many countries to offer mindfulness retreats so that people may have a chance to heal, transform, and to reconcile. Healing, transformation, and reconciliation always happen during our retreats. That can be very nourishing. We have invited Israelis and Palestinians to Plum Village to practice with us. When they come, they bring anger, suspicion, fear, and hate. But after a week or two of the practices of mindful walking, mindful breathing, mindful eating, and mindful sitting, they are able to recognize their pain, embrace it, and find relief. When they are initiated to the practice of deep listening, they are able to listen to others and realize that people from the other groups suffer as they do. When you know that they also suffer from violence, from hate, from fear and despair, you begin to look at them with the eyes of compassion. At that moment, you suffer less and you make them suffer less. Communication becomes possible with the use of loving speech and deep listening. The Israelis and Palestinians 
always come together as a group at the end of their stay in Plum Village. They always report the success of their practice. They always go back to the Middle East intending to continue the practice and invite others to join them so that those others might suffer less and help others to suffer less too. I believe that if this practice could be done on the national level, it would bring about the same kind of effect. Unfortunately, our political leaders have not been trained in these practices of mindful breathing, mindful walking, and embracing pain and sorrow to transform their suffering. They have been trained only in political science. So I think we should all bring a spiritual dimension into our daily lives. We should be awakened to the fact that happiness cannot be found in the direction of power, fame, wealth, and sex. If we look deeply around us, we see many people with plenty of these things, but they suffer very deeply. When you have understanding and compassion in you, you don't suffer. You can relate very well to other people around you and to other living beings also. That is why a collective awakening about that reality is crucial. One of the concrete things that Congress could do is to look deeply into the matter of consumption. We think that happiness is possible when we have the power to consume, but by consuming, we bring into us a lot of toxins and poisons. The way we eat, the way we watch television, and the way we entertain ourselves brings us a lot of destruction. Because we consume so much, the environment suffers. Learning to consume only the things that can bring peace and health into our body and into our consciousness is a very important practice. Mindful consumption is the practice that can bring us out of much of our happiness. By consuming unmindfully, we continue to bring the elements of craving, fear, and violence into ourselves. There is so much suffering in people. They consume because they do not know how to handle their suffering. Something should be done to help people go home to themselves and take care of their suffering. Congress could find ways to encourage people to consume mindfully and produce mindfully instead of creating products that can bring toxins and craving into the hearts and bodies of people. Producing with responsibility should be our practice. My strongest desire is that the members of Congress will have time to look into these matters and look deeply into the roots of their own suffering, the suffering of this nation, and the suffering around the world. This suffering does not have to continue. We already have the compassion and understanding necessary to heal the world. This podcast and our other podcast are productions of Little Red Hen Industries. The supporting cast who helps me bake the bread includes Techno King, John C. Brandy, Fact Checker, Abraham Lincoln, French Consultant, Virginia Mitchell, Media Expert, Favor, Abasi Ike, Psychologist, Sigmund Freud, Rabbit Hole Advisor, Dr. Mark Parrott, Sound Designer, Guglielmo Marconi, Spanish Consultant, Cameron J.K. Brandy, Videographer, Alfred Hitchcock, Audio Props, Les Paul, and Inspiration Goes to Napoleon Hill, Earl Nightingale, and Bob Proctor. We also have a website, and you can subscribe to both podcasts. You can even send us a video, audio, or text message. But of course, you'll have to head to the show notes, either on your phone or on the web, to actually get links and stuff. I mean, I could read the URLs, 
where you could subscribe, support, or leave one of those video or audio messages, but you really don't want me to do that. And those explicit and clickable links are in the show notes. Finally, you can find us on Podmatch, where we consider guests, as well as consider guesting on other people's pods. And really, finally, the music for our pods comes from Cute by Ben Sound and from Piano Background by Nick Simon Adams, both on freesound.org.